Harness Racing, Victoria Wide. RSN 927 is Talking Trots. Yes, well, normally at this time on a Saturday morning, we would be talking trots, but uh, we're a man down, unfortunately. So Blake Redden here uh, on the program. We're going to delve into the trots for the next half an hour, talk about what's happened in the last week and then get on uh, onto what's going to happen. A great card at Tabcorp Park, Melton, this weekend. We'll go right through the form for every race tonight at Tabcorp Park, Melton, including the first leg of the Mayor's Triple Crown, the Make Mine Cullen, where we've got... An incredibly even race, some quality mares drawn off the back row in that race in Tell Me Tales and Berisari and some real talent drawn off the front row as well. So that's going to be a large part of the program. Of course, we'll start off with what we've learnt in the last week. It's been a a big week in all uh, all racing codes. Of course, we've had Warnable over the last few days, which has garnered a lot of attention. Uh, we had Tarang on the Tuesday night, which is well patronised by those already down in the area and uh, and also the Warnable Greyhound Cup on the Wednesday. But uh, in terms of what happened at the uh, at the trots, I guess a lot of the damage was done last Saturday night. It was Victoria Oaks night, and uh, it was Lazarus Victoria Oaks night, sp- sponsored by uh, one of the best horses we've seen in the past 20 years here in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, look, this filly might not be that yet, but she showed uh, she showed a little bit through the series, a lot through the series for Barry Purden and Zach Butcher. The first thing we learn is just about how good. Belle of Montana might be. She's by Better's Delight out of the mare, Lady Cullen, and uh, she was outstanding winning the Victoria Oaks. Now, you can say that she had every favour. She was able to get in behind the leader uh, through the middle stages. It was a bit of a tactical battle early. Miss Streisand cleared Belle of Montana. I know Zach Butcher uh, thought that that wouldn't be the case. He thought his filly would have the speed to hold up and lead. That wasn't how it panned out. Miss Streisand for Roy Roots Jr. and Todd McCarthy was quickly across the pole marker and, and odds-on favourite. Three's on, she was Belle of Montana, so she created a big impression in the heat, that's for sure and certain. And uh, she was able to get off the inside pretty quickly once she was crossed. She retook the lead in the early stages. Now, through the middle part of the race, Cool Lower came, uh, came charging around the outside for Emma Stewart and Chris Alford, and... Chris Alford put the foot to the floor. There was no resistance from Zach Butcher. He was happy to to take a sit um, through those middle stages because he knew he had the turn of foot to uh, to be really dangerous in the sprint lane, and that's what panned out really. Coolol was brave. Um, she uh, she tried quite hard, but Belle of Montana, when the gap appeared, she was just far too strong. And to be quite frank, it, it looked like she had a little bit in hand, in hand, so she may have been able to, to lead, cop that pressure and still be too good, but took the soft option um, and uh, and it certainly proved fruitful for Barry Purden and Zach Butcher. And as I sort of outlined, she put the riding on the wall in the heat. She was so good coming from back in the field, one of the only horses in the race, really, in her heat to make ground, and she did it uh, incredibly three wide and um, and just oh so easily, so... We knew coming into the series that she was a pretty smart filly. She's been sort of uh, right there with Princess Tiffany in New Zealand, who uh, who we've known a little bit about here in Australia, and uh, to come over here and just prove it uh, on her own terms that was uh, that was an incredible win in the Victoria Oaks for Bella Montana, a worthy winner, and I'm sure her name will sit on the honour roll amongst the pantheon of great fillies that have won the race. It wasn't just the uh, the Lazarus Victoria Oaks final on the night, however. We had some really good racing, uh, some good Metropolitan class racing. We saw in the Captain Sandy free-for-all for point number two that Lilac Flash was able to win again. And this was a really dynamic win from Lilac Flash. He came from off-speed for Kylie Rasmus. And again, he's a horse that we're starting to learn a little bit more about here in Victoria. His win uh, or win so far in Victoria have been most impressive. Most impressive and... 
He sat off speed. Uh, Jelly Bandit was able to lead. They didn't look to be going silly. Speed's in front. They went in 28-3 first quarter, 29-4 second quarter, and then it was that third quarter, I guess, that left them gasping for air to some degree. 26-7, they ripped through that part of the race. Uh, Jelly Bandit trying to get the others off the bit, and it looked like it was going to work for you know most of the way up the straight, but they just started to emerge late. Flaming Flutter and Lilac Flash, the two uh, clearest dangers to Jelly Bandit, and they did get over the top of him late. Lilac Flash came from behind uh, Flaming Flutter and was able to get the better of him right on the post. It was a driving finish. It was a um, you know really good uh, race, you'd have to say. And, and Lilac Flash, I'm sure he'll have his eyes set on the uh, on the Blacks of Fake now. He's obviously a Queenslander by trade with Kylie Rasmussen bringing him down here for a, a number of races. But um, there's no doubt in the world that while this isn't the absolute uh, cream of the crop in terms of free-for-all horses in Victoria. He's really starting to stand up Lilac Flash, and he's got a few tricks up his sleeve as well. He's got a few strings to his bow. So based on that win and, and what he's done down here, I'm sure connections were already well aware, but he'll head back to Queensland and uh, and be quite competitive through the, the big races over winter there. So big win from Lilac Flash. Flaming Flutter was really good again. Um... Uh, he was able to make good ground. Jilby Bandit stuck on well for a horse that's still learning his class uh, or craft at that level, um, and uh, and that sort of made the race. There was further Metropolitan racing as well. It was sort of a uh, little bit about the quaddy legs uh, through the middle stages of the program anyway because our step up, uh, this mare by Art Major, who we'll talk about a little later potentially in the uh, in the form preview, for the Make Mine Cullen, she went into a, a sort of a qualifier or a hit out for that uh, for this mare's Triple Crown coming up, a, just a bit of a pipe opener in the M1 to M2 on Saturday night, and she was excellent winning there. She uh, she was able to lead. She didn't have to do uh, heaps in front. She got a, a pretty soft uh, lead time first quarter combination, and and was able to really uh, be held together by John Caldo until they they hit the straight. But she was uh, she was quite zippy late. She beat V Rock and sixty, and he's a tough all all decent form lines. You'd have to say a nice warm up uh, for her heading into the Mayor's Triple Crown. That was uh, most of the action at Tabcorp Park, Melton. On the weekend, uh, probably also worth mentioning the return of four walls from Maddie Craven. That mare's doing a you know a really good job on her return. She looks to have plenty in hand still, and and a bit of a shout out to Wes Shelley. We do driver of the week, which we'll get to very shortly, but we don't do trainer of the week. Maybe we should because Wes Shelley's done an, an excellent job with his mare and you, um, really well bred by Majestic Sun. Out of good thanks, she's she's had the ability for a large part of her career. We've known. She's got a really good turn of foot and uh, and she's got the ability. She's done things wrong uh, as well over the journey, but she's racing really well right now and good to see her get a win in town for uh, for Wes Shelley and Alan Tommy driving. So uh, big props to uh, to Wes Shelley for the job he's done. In terms of uh, of runs of the week, we're, uh, we're going to fly through them this week, but I did think there were a few notable efforts uh, through the week, uh, a couple on the same card, it's worth mentioning, but um, uh, I've already mentioned Ian Ewer was a really good winner from three poles. During the week at Terrain, uh, there was some, some really good racing, but also Ballarat. Uh, the one we're trying to get to where uh, we had a really impressive win by a two-year-old called I'm Daddy Warbucks was uh, was able to sit just off speed for Gavin Lang won by a small margin but um, I think the form will stand up pretty well Roblin Dancer made good ground so uh, for one point we're going to go for uh, for I'm Daddy Warbucks the two-year-old for two points again um, just searching through the week and there was some some pretty good uh, winners through the week there was a, a two-year-old called Rock Tagonal for Adam Kelly, uh, he's, a, he's a gelding by Western Terra. He won a race beating Monsieur, a race beating Monsieur Delacour at Echuca 
on Thursday night. That was quite an impressive winner, and and uh, also from a little earlier in the week, there was um, there was some good performances uh, at Tabcor Park on Thursday night. Uh, happy to throw out Lounge Art as a horse that got a very deserved win. So um, he uh, he won by a big margin. He came from just off speed. He was favourite, so uh, there was no shocks here. But uh, but he's done a really good job. Lounge Art was deserving of breaking through, and uh, and he did so. So happy to give him run of the week this week for driver of the week. This was a hotly contested. Uh, little uh, little zone this week because we had drivers uh, just cleaning up through the week. Zach Phillips probably consider himself a touch unlucky here. Richard Brosnan, uh, similarly, he's been driving really well um, and uh, and Brad Chisholm getting winners, but uh, it's pretty hard to go past Jack Law. He had an incredible amount of winners through the week. He's come from Tasmania. We know he's um, he's been here for a while now. He's sort of uh, jumped back and forth over the Tasman, uh, or over the Apple Isle, I should say, for a, a sort of a semi-part of his early career in Victoria, but he's now based here full-time. He's done a really good job um, just uh, just racking up the winners and uh, you know, in the last week, it's uh, probably hard to count. I think he's had five winners in the last six days. He uh, he drove a double at Terang during the week. Uh, Andrew Jay, he drove uh, as well. And one tough nut and better be the bomb at Melton last Saturday night, which was an excellent drive, as, uh, as Dan Malecki sort of pointed out in the call. So five winners during the week for Jack Law. He's, uh, he's really getting the ball rolling, and I'm sure there's plenty more winners to come for him uh, on, uh, on this side of the Apple Isle. So congratulations to Jack Law. We have... Come to the end of the first segment. We're going to come back very shortly. We do have uh, plenty of uh, form to get through for Tabcorp Park Mountain tonight. I've mentioned the big program. We've got 11 races to cover, so it'll take a little bit of time, but it'll be worth doing it because the Make Mine Cullen we've already gone through is going to be um, is going to be excellent. There's great quality metropolitan trotting racing in the early part of the program. We've got some some really promising horses through the middle part and the latter part. So let's take a break here on Talking Trots uh, midway through the program. We'll be back very shortly with a preview of Tapcourt Park Melton tonight. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is Talking Trots. We are Talking Trots on this Saturday morning and uh, we've already gone through what has been. It's now time... To go through what is, for those that are just joining us, uh, our good friend, our colleague, Jason Bonington, not on deck today. He's had a, he's had a week off and refreshed the, uh, the engines. I think he might have been spotted down at Warnable during the week, so hope he enjoyed that. It was a great carnival, of course. Um, a terrific carnival down at Warnable, and uh, I'm sure Jace will be back on board next Saturday morning. Uh, we might even hear him a little later this morning on uh, on race day mornings, but uh, haven't spoken to him about that, so we'll we'll wait and see how that uh, how that shakes out a little later this morning. It is time, however, to get stuck into Tabcourt Park Mountain. We do have 11 races to get through. I mentioned earlier what a cracking card this is. We start with the first, and um, this is going to be a really interesting race. It's over the sprint trip. It's for the Metropolitan Maidens, uh, the DNR Logistics Pace, and uh, I'm going numbers one. Eight, nine, and seven. I thought American Zest was close to the best bet. Well, he is the best bet on the card to my eye uh, from the pole marking draw. We saw what he can do under those conditions when uh, when he ran second to Jillaby Chevy five starts back uh, in the uh, in the Hamilton Mile, the Glen Miles Memorial, where um, yes, he was beaten, but uh, he was beaten by Jillaby Chevy, but they still ran really good time. He ran a really solid second. His form since doesn't look spectacular on paper, but I can tell you he's actually going pretty well. His last run wide on the track was uh, was quite sound, and he gets back on the pegs. I can't see anything crossing him or even really attempting to cross him for speed. Zuberi's quick enough, but I'd be surprised if he had a real uh, real good go at him early. I'd suspect that American Zest will, will intimidate them out of trying that sort of trick, and uh, from there on he's going to be really hard to run down American Zest. Obviously our sportscaster 
is the threat. He's drawn to follow the pole marker everywhere he goes. His last start win, betting some Marian artist and Marine Parade was good. Last half, 55. Um, he's a really good peg line horse, which he hasn't uh, he hasn't seen heaps of recently, at least uh, advantageous positions. And uh, given he will be here, you'd suspect right behind the speed, he can definitely win the race, our sportscaster. The other one that I'd be just including in save of quaddies, early quaddies perhaps, is our bare knuckle. She's, um, she's been going really well. She hasn't won for a little while, this preparation, but uh, her last third behind Better Be The Bomb was uh, was outstanding, really, albeit beaten six metres, and the form around the charging mower should stand up. Better Be The Bomb earlier in the preparation. She's she's too classy to ignore for, uh, for save of quaddies, but task ahead, I guess, drawn off the pegs in a race that looks like it'll be dominated that way. I doubt she'll drop three poles early. I suspect she'll probably stay off the pegs and um, and try and circle them at some stage. Outside of those, I think there is a good gap back to the rest. Kerford Road's going well. Zaberry's ready to win, but uh, he'd need to find the pegs to, to be really competitive here. He will be running a good race again. And, and far up, Franco's the other one that I'd be including in your first fours. My number's in race one on the card at Tabcourt Park. Melton are one to beat eight, nine and seven. Race two on the card at Tabcourt Park, Melton tonight, and we uh, we start to get through the program. This is only a country front race, but uh, I think the format of this race will definitely stand up, as it does every year, to be quite fair. The EK Bray Country Clubs Championship Final, C2 to C3. It's a, it's a $14,000 race, so it's getting towards Metropolitan Stake regardless. And uh, my number's two to beat 13, one and eight. This race has changed complexion slightly with the scratching of concealment. He would have been... Really hard to beat, but he's not there, so we move on. And uh, Alpha Charlie's come up very, very short. He's going to start sort of close enough to two's on. Uh, I'm not sure I could be part of that, to be to be quite serious, but um, at the same time, it's hard to tip against him. He's been beaten as an odds-on favourite in all three runs this preparation. In saying that, I'm not knocking any of the runs. The last uh, the last run was a bit of a strange race where the loose star and Regal Cheval just got to the outside and seemed to swamp the fancied runners. So I'm willing to just put that uh, put a line through that and suggest he should uh, be right on speed. Uh, a little bit complicated. I suspect that Guilty Hanover will probably hand over and cede the advantage early, but that's not uh, that's not entirely uh, locked in stone. She didn't in the heat. Um, when uh, when she was able to lead. She did drop out there, but I think she's much better than that. So she may attempt to, to sort of take her chance in front guilty Hanover, and if she found her best form, she's definitely the danger. She won uh, three starts back at Melton, beating Shining Arrow. That was over the sprint trip, but she's not incapable of getting over the middle trip. In fact, she's won more races over the middle trip than the sprint trip, five from 24. Um, she has won three from 12 over the sprint, so really no discernible difference necessarily statistically um, given the small sample sizes she can definitely be competitive she's my second pick uh, or third pick I should say Th- second pick is Ilwong Maestro he's going to go around massive odds here I think you can sort of get seven eight nine dollars a place I think his last three runs have been excellent he's winning Shepherd and three starts back was terrific albeit off a soft trip, two starts back at Melton, he never got a crack at them, and then last time out, he was cast into an unsuitable role where he just had to go and park in a race where there was very little st- speed through the middle stages. He's a he's a fortunate merchant. Uh, merchant. He's going to need some speed on through the middle stages, but I wouldn't be surprised if he could put some value into the multiples. Another one that might do the same is Arden's Windstar will be playing for luck on the inside, but if the pole marker leads, uh, I've got a lot of time for him as a horse. Yankee Lincoln's going to be right in the market. Too short for me, but uh, he can certainly be competitive, so don't totally discount him for your multiples. What you're waiting for, boy from Bondi, even Tin Roof Raider next best. You have to play wide in first fours here, but um, it's uh, it's just that sort of race. My number's in the second, 213, 1 and 8.
Race three on the card tonight at Tabcorp Park. Melton is the Aldebaran Park, Vic Bread Platinum, Metropolitan Trot. It is the first of two heats. The second will follow in the last leg of the early quaddy next up. But uh, this race is uh, likely to be dominated by three or four key chances. I was going slightly against the market. I've gone seven, two, nine, and four. I just thought cruising around was um, was too talented to leave out of the uh, out of the top slot. To be honest, I know. Uh, at this stage, at least, he's unlikely to start favourite, but he's dropped pretty well for Brent Lilly, joins the new team. Um, look, it's not unfair, I think, to say he's been a bit of a tease over over the last couple of years since he sort of had that breakout three-year-old preparation, uh, but he's still been running well. It's, it's, it's one thing to be uncompetitive, but he's not. He's been competitive against the very best horses. He ran third to Dance Craze, five starts back at Melton. That was back in... November last year, but um, he, he came back early this year and he was sort of not beaten far behind Majestic Player and Savannah JJ, and I just wouldn't be surprised if we see him turn a corner this preparation cruising around, so had him on top of the likely favourite, Claudius Prince. A start will be important for Claudius Prince, there's some speed outside him uh, with Prisian Opera. If he does win that battle, however, uh, he's clearly going to be right there. He just put a line through that gallop in the Mildura Trotters Cup, and uh, all his previous form was really good, Claudius Prince. Uh, clearly, uh, magic Calls are you know impossible to line up. He's got all the ability in the world. He made ground against the paces first up from a break. You wouldn't be surprised to see him just come out and blow them away. And uh, then you've got Parisian Opera and Enforce the Law, uh, who are who are both likely to be first four options with even Dynamic Legacy. My numbers in race three are seven to beat two, nine, and four. Last leg of the early quality is race four on the card, uh, and uh, and this time I am siding with a favourite two nine ten and three going for Chief Running Cloud here, and uh, based on his form this preparation, he seems to have just gone to another level, and he's got the right draw. I expected he'll lead uh, pretty comfortably early doors, and uh, and from there out he'll be really uh, really hard to run down. He beat Enforce the Law last time out um, in uh, in what shapes is a similar if not slightly weaker race to this, but uh, the way he came from off-speed there after galloping early in the race. He didn't lose heaps of ground, but he sort of went from three poles, which might have been an unsuitable position, to ending up being jagged out the back and getting off the pegs when he galloped. But uh, it's probably worked out OK for him still to, to make up the ground. He didn't win the race. was just uh, just a you know, really good effort and uh, he's certainly ready for this uh, this level of competition now. So happy to be with the favourite Chief Running Cloud. Uh, if you're looking for dangers or you want to play a bit wider, Andrew and Son of Sunoco are the two key ones I found. Andrew uh, drawn off the pegs, but she's got that dynamic turn of footy, their speed on through the earlier middle stages, which may eventuate with no Republic Carnera, particularly drawn off the front row, I'm sure. He'll be searching for the lead early doors. It's just a matter of whether that pressure stays on through the middle stages. If it does, then uh, Andrew and, and Son of Sunoco will both be hitting line really hard. I, I think Son of Sunoco is ready to win, uh, but uh, but just needs to pull himself together and uh, and get into the race at some stage. He can he can certainly be a chance for uh, you save early quarters. And there is probably that little half gap back to No Republic Carnera and even Ball Park as, as those first four options. My number's in race four, two to beat nine, ten and three. Race five on the card tonight at Melton. My number's three to beat ten, nine and eleven. This is uh, well, it's a little bit of a Hail Mary. We um, we often like to, to side with the market, but I'm going for a bit of value here. And in the first leg of the quaddie, it's the VHRSC Make Mine Cullen Group 3 over the sprint trip, 17.20, worth 30,000, first leg of the Mayor's Triple Crown. And 
I've got a feeling Pistol Abby's going to run a massive race here. She's uh, she's an excellent filly. She's she's sort of getting better all the time. I think she's been underrated through a large part of her career, and what she's is a real competitor. She's got a you know a good turn of foot. I think she's going to land handy to the speed, which uh, will be important here. Speed map very important because the charging mowers drawn inside can get off the gate pretty well. Frankincense builds momentum through her race. She might be. Um, uh, a little bit ill-gated early and take a little while to get warm, but once she gets through that first 50 metres, she can really light up and uh, and use her speed. Miss Graceland can can use some speed. Pistol Abbey hasn't used hers for a while. I'd be surprised if she did, but uh, at the same time, she should just lob somewhere off speed. And I guess the little wild card, the X Factor for David Aiken, makes every sense. She's drawn widest on the front row, and if she, uh, if she gets going at the start, she might be able to cross them all. So uh, a lot will depend on how quickly they go through the early stages, but in a race of this nature... With horses like Tell Me Tales and Berisari drawn out the back, I'd be expecting pressure on the whole way. And and Pistol Abby's turn of foot, if she's saved up, curled up, coiled up for one run and gets a crack at them, uh, she can win this race, Pistol Abby. So I'm having a good uh, a good go on her each way. Number three, Pistol Abby. Obviously, the class runner is Tell Me Tales, number 10. But when she has proven vulnerable, it's been over sprint trips where she hasn't been able to get into the race and, and they've just run silly last halves and she's too far back now. Uh, can she get into the race here and, and go around and move mid-race? I'm not sure. If she does, it, it will probably be advantageous, but they may not allow her to do so if they're running the whole way. Um, she's the class, as I mentioned, though. Reciprocity going well. Berisari, a similar story to Tell Me Tales. She just needs some sort of way to get into the race, but if she emerges at the top of the straight, she will be finishing hard. Another class runner. Our step up, I should say, will need luck drawn inside the second row. Uh, makes every sense if she found the front at 40 to 1, you know, she could run a place for sure, and the charging mower should uh, should land somewhere just just behind the speed and and she can certainly run a race as well so and that's not including Miss Graceland who's a quality mare at her best and and uh, maybe trending in that direction so uh, it's one of those races really for that reason I've just sort of plucked one at double figures and happy to have a bet on Pistol Abbey my numbers in the main race on the card race five are three to beat ten nine and eleven you are with us on Talking Trots on this Saturday morning hopefully you're enjoying uh, our preview of Tabcor Park Mountain tonight. We are getting through it, I promise. Just me, Blake Redden, on deck this morning. But race six on the card uh, is a good quality race. I'm going 5 1, 13 and 8. It's the Country Clubs Championship for the Metropolitan Maidens at Group 3 level. Uh, heats in the final, obviously. And Jillaby Chevy, despite being beaten in his heat of this race, I'm still happy to be with him. He's. Um, He's a quality horse, and he was beaten by a horse that had the soft sit on him, Safala. I don't think, uh, as good as Van Danter is, if Chevy gets to the front, I'm not sure he can run past him. Uh, he may be able to. He's not the worst Van Danter at double figures, but Chevy's sort of trending in the right direction still. He ran second to Buster Brady in the Horsham Cup, where he did plenty of work, and um, he, he deserves to break through again. So I'm happy to be with Chevy in what is a, a really good quality race. Uh, Van Danter, as I mentioned, should get that lovely running behind. He's got the speed to hold them all early and then hand up to who he chooses. I suspect that'll be Jillaby Chevy, and from there he can definitely run an each-way race. TMA just uh, cast into a horrible position, drawn outside the second row, but he's just a quality horse. Yankee Roller might be a value option. He's going to need luck from inside the second row, but wouldn't be surprised if he was finishing off hard. Some beat Shadows, quality as well, and, and Safala's drawn outside the front row. He's a lovely horse, and he's got a, a, a dynamic turn of foot, as we saw in the heat, but it's just a matter of where he ends up from that wide barrier draw. My numbers in race 6 are 5, 1, 13, and 8. Race 7 on the card is uh, is another Metropolitan race, another good quality one. I'm going 
again for some value, 9, 10, 3 and 11. I just thought tough call coming out of the Warrigal Cup. He's got good free-for-all form, really. He finished uh, fourth in the Marybrook Cup behind Buster Brady. Gets a concession claim here. He can do work in this sort of race. He doesn't have to come with one run, and um, and uh, well, he might, but either way, it doesn't particularly bother me. I think it, uh, what was he, $9 earlier in the week? That's a really good each-way bet. Phoenix Prince and Beach Sherds are not dissimilar horses in many ways. Their best is very, very good. It's just a matter of producing their best. Uh, Phoenix Prince has drawn off the second row, the favourite, but he's got plenty of upside. If Beach Surge, uh, you know, this was a sprint trip and he led and got his own way, Beach Surge, uh, he'd be really hard to beat. But um, just over the middle trip and, uh, and, and you know, if he cops a bit of pressure, I'm not sure whether he can sustain it, but he's definitely uh, capable for your quarters. B major threat next best with... Beach Garden and Village Safari for first of all, the, the mares. But my numbers in race 7, 9, 10, 3 and 11. Race 8 on the card tonight at Melton. My numbers 1, 2, 8, 9. Uh, hard to be against the favourite here, Jilby Bandit. Based on that running the captain, Sandy Free for all. He gets identical conditions, really. Should be able to lead. Dictate, dominate. There's no lilac flash here. Flaming Flutter is there, who beat him home. But uh, you might be able to get... Um, just that little bit of a softer third quarter, Jelby Bandit, and hold them off. So happy to be with the outright favourite. I thought Hickstead was just that little fluke's hope of running a place at double figures. Uh, he's got gate speed. He might be able to rip the gate, end up in a, in a handy spot at worst. And, um, yeah, don't discount him as an each-way chance. Audi Hare's going to be right in the market. thought his first up run was sound. He, he's going to need to improve, but he can. Uh, second up into the preparation. Flaming Flutter, Motu Gate, Crash of the Stablemates, and, and Rishi Next Best, 1, 2, 8, and 9, the numbers in race 8. Race 9 on the card is pretty even. Probably the toughest race of the car, uh, of the night, I'll be honest. 4, 6, 9 and 2, my numbers. I just thought she's a beast dream um, who had to work pretty hard through that first quarter last time. Did a decent job to stick on in the heat of this race. If she gets a nice run in, uh, in transit, I thought she could be the horse to beat. But Topsy's delight won her heat. She's unlikely to find the front, but at the same time, she's she's versatile enough in this class. I thought Villa Real was a good roughie to throw into the race. Um, he'll have options after the speed uh, war ensues early, whether he goes forward or stays back and comes with one run. Dearest is, is definitely a, a chance if it's able to find the lead and, and Valbaran from behind the leader. Life as we know, it's a, a quick beginner. You've got to include them all somewhere in uh, in your multiples, four, six, nine, and two. My number's in the ninth race. Ten on the card is uh, the Bully and Lady race, really, if you if you want to put it one way. Three, seven, nine, and eight. She's, uh, well, her best is, is excellent. We saw that in the bronze series heat. She didn't show it in the final where she got it all wrong, but returned a winner last time out, albeit with the uh, the equal favourite, Majestic Player Galloping, but um, uh, she should lead here, Bully and Lady, and she should win. Lucinda Mack is a mare in form, so don't totally discount her if you if you want to shoot for that value. Aleppo Jewel's going to be double figures, and I think she's trending in the right direction. For your multiples, Arnie Poppy will be running on, Majestic Pride and Cargory next best, 3, 6, 9 and 8, my numbers in the 10th. And in the last on the card, we have got there. It's been a battle, but we've done it, 4, 5, 9 and 8, all cashed up, won a very similar race last week. Uh, if it leads again, hard to see how it will be run down given it had plenty in the tank. But Hatchback is an improving horse, starting to get uh, get back to its best and uh, showed a lot of ability last preparation. So that the key danger, obviously, nephew of Sunoco, next best with Chateaubriand, Montpellier, even Aldebaran Eliza, if she if she can find her uh, her good gate. But my number's in the last of four to beat five, nine and eight. If you're looking for a best on the card, I think it's a night of value, and I, I can concede that I might be a touch biased here, uh, given I'm a fan of both horses, but happy to have an each-way bet on race five, number three, Pistol Abbey in race seven, number nine, 
tough call. Hope you've enjoyed the morning on Talking Trots. Next week, I promise you won't have to listen to my voice for 20-odd minutes straight. We'll get Jason Bonington back in the chair. But for now, enjoy your race day. Enjoy Saturday at the Gallops and then Saturday night at the Trots and hope you have a winner somewhere around the country.